welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Today, I have a very special guest. Dr. Terry Badar is a renowned leadership coach and CEO whisperer. She earned her MBA from Holt International Business School with an accrued training in authentic leadership, managing complexities, and behavioral economics. Between writing, coaching, and teaching meditation, Dr. Terry devotes herself to love, conscious, human, and one-of-a-kind educational platform for evolving humans. Love Conscious Human was created to support those ready to embody love consciousness and participate in crowdsourcing a better future. Terry, Dr. Terry, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, thrilled to be here. Yeah. Well, b- before we get into what you do and the book and, and the whole movement you're, you're, you're creating here, tell us how you got here. Are you from a family of entrepreneurs? Where does this spirit come from? Um, It's not really a family of entrepreneurs. I grew up in Iowa from zero to 16, and it's all about being self-made and carrying your weight. So we were not wealthy, so we did a lot, um, which is kind of what I call the um, partnership economic model. Where, you know, uh, in a household, you have lots of people contributing. And so everybody knew that they needed to do something. So growing food, whether, you know, or maybe you went fishing or hunting or be, you know, like beekeeper or somebody cleaned, somebody cooked, uh, somebody was sewing stuff, somebody, you know, everybody was doing something to contribute to the whole. And I think that was very formative for me. Okay, beautiful. Yeah, I love that. Uh, can you explain the concepts of love consciousness and war consciousness and how they shape our lives around the world? Yeah. So we have fundamentally two forms of consciousness, which is consciousness thinking of awareness, right? Your consciousness, you're conscious, I'm conscious, we're talking to each other, you know, but we have a filter. And one is war, war consciousness, where the filter is, is generated from the perception that you and I are different. Somebody has to win. Somebody has to lose. There's a competition here. Somebody needs to capture, contain, and control something or someone. We're separate. Um, and that kind of mindset uh, is reductionist. And it's kind of this left brain only single dimensional thinking. And um there's a lot of that in the world, obviously, because it's an us and them story. Mm -hmm. And then um, the other end of the spectrum of consciousness is love consciousness. That's kind of a unity consciousness Mm -hmm. where we understand that we are all interconnected. We're all in this together. And what I do affects you and what you do affects me that we are basically all partners together in a very big complex system we're all parts of the whole and in that mindset we come at business and relationships with the view of 
How do we help each other? Let's let's take a minute. Let's step back and comprehend the larger problem. Um, sometimes it's a little bit parental style of leadership or what we call servant leadership, where we come in and we try to solve a problem. Um, I know you're big at, like into the architecture and stuff sometimes. And there's there's a there's a sort of like it's the difference between just, you know, doing your minimal building something as a fix or building something as a solve for a larger purpose. So there's a, there obviously we toggle in and out of these states according to who we are being at any given moment in time. But I mean, the goal is to have more leaders coming from love consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds more holistic and it's much less us versus them. That was a great breakdown. Uh, what inspired you to write flip your switch and how does it differ from other self-help books? Cause there's a million of them. Right. Right. Well, this is going into, like I said, you know, what some people would call unity consciousness. Mm -hmm. So there's not a lot of actual how-to books on how to elevate your consciousness in this way that is boiled down just for anybody to understand. It's the process that I take my clients through. And I spent 35 years researching it. And I spent 10 years boiling it down and translating it into layman language so that people could actually use it and benefit from it. And um, I'm actually going to be doing a podcast that follows all the chapters as well. So then that will be like, you know, they can go and, and just like, I'll be interviewing some leaders and CEOs and things about their journey mm -hmm. and figuring out what works for them, what doesn't work for them, posing questions. And um, I think that will be helpful because I can only coach so many people. Yeah. 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 And you multiply yourself. Well, I think podcast is a great idea. Uh, what are some practical ways that you could give our audience that where if they want to break free from social constructs that might be holding them back? And you might have to give us examples of what you oh, would yeah. consider. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So the first big one that I would go for is what I call the happiness formula lie. So that's a lie that is a social construct that we see everywhere. Marketing uses this a lot to get us to buy a lot of junk and shiny things that we do not need. And um, the happiness formula lie is, um, it looks like this. Once I get the right house, the right spouse, the right job, the right amount of money, once I have the right car or the right dress size or the right this, the right that, then I will be happy. Mm. And that's a lie. It has never worked. Yeah. And it will never work. And there's no end to it. So that that is a fundamental for all leaders, all entrepreneurs, anybody who wants to do anything with their life, whether it's career, company, or relationships, it's essential to know that that's a lie. And you have to step out of it. You've got to break the myth and step out of it. Yeah, I've, I've I've been trying to formulate what that means to when I'm a podcast guest or I'm just speaking to an audience as a public speaker. And for me, it seems like it's it's your happiness is the regression to the mean, meaning like it's sort of like the stoic approach, like Marcus Aurelius, you know, where it's like I am a pawn in this game, essentially. Right. 
And but if I even if I got to the other side of the board, aka got got the new jacket and stuff like that, that doesn't mean the happiness. The happiness it comes in the present. Is is that what we're trying to say here? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah spot on. Happiness is a state of being. Mm -hmm. There's no amount of things you can get or boxes you can check in order to get happiness. It's not something you get. It's a state of being, and that's from the inside out. And either you do it or you don't. You make the choice to shift your state of being, your consciousness into a place of happiness. Now, happiness, now, and I also do classes on joy online and stuff because joy is kind of like this portal to happiness. Um, there's mm. a lot of confusion around joy and happiness, thinking that, uh, you know, you get something and you're you're happy for five minutes and then it's like, what do I chase next? But joy and happiness are this state of being that you need to cultivate in yourself. And it's your outlook, it's your inner narratives, it's how you show up that make you happy. It's not anything you're going to get from the outside world. And that's another, there's chapters, like I got all these little chapters in there. Yeah. In the first part of the book, we debunk so much. So it's called the basics of mind is understanding your own mind and all the stuff that's getting in your way, a lot of basic stuff. And the other thing is the sickness of more. And that's, mm. that's coming from lack, a state of lack, a state of fear yep. and the reactivity that we have towards our world in war consciousness, like other, like, what about me? What about me? What about me? That guy's got this and, and they're, they're getting this. Why didn't I get that client? Or how come I wasn't recognized or, you know, all of this very sort of adolescent state of what about me? Comparison and, is the comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. Yes. This is all tying together. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Ooh, I like that lens. <laughs> yeah. Well, feel free to use it, Dr. Terry. Feel free yeah. to use it. I mean, I, the reason why it sparked that memory, that phrase is because you use the word joy and it's so important with the happiness equation. So I'm with you there. Yeah. It took me 40 years to kind of get to this sort of where I can talk to someone like yourself, who's a guru in this about this. Um, so I just want to reassure our audience, like if you're in your early 20s listening to this or your 30s, that's okay. It's okay. This I think this is part of the maturity process of finding finding your baseline happiness and recognizing like that's 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 it sure you'll have the spikes and the highs and the lows but it really is that regression to the mean absolutely absolutely yeah. there's also something here like you know you're talking about younger people there's also something in our society um where which i call maslow's glass ceiling it's like where there are mechanisms mm -hmm societal mechanisms, social constructs, like a couple of the ones we just talked about that are holding people back. Yep. And, and they're like, they're where we, we have an evolutionary drive and this evolutionary drive pushes us forward. It's a natural uh, evolution of the individual, but you can go faster, deeper, and better if you read the book. Mm -hmm. And if you do some of the things in there. If you start at a young age to debunk some of this stuff and not let that stuff that society is feeding you get in the way of developing your thought processes, cleaning up your emotional and mental landscape, you go faster. I have some, I have some uh, social entrepreneurs who are in their twenties mm -hmm. who are like, 
unbelievable. They are absolutely amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's doable. We have spent so much time in our generations yes. trying to figure it out because we had to sort through so much junk. Yes. So, so it's like, here's here's how to get some of the junk out so you can go faster and deeper. Yeah. And the sooner you get there, I am so with you, Dr. Terry, the sooner you can get there, young folks who are listening, the better you're just, it just allows you to crush it because even on your worst days, then it's like, that's not your worst day. You'll be able to find happiness on your worst day. It's amazing in, in that sort of sense. Um, very good. Very good. Yeah. What do you, what do you think about, uh, let's move on to leadership then on, on that note. So let's say, let's say somebody reads the book, they, they get to sort of the state of consciousness you and I are explaining. I feel like then they're primed to be a leader because it, it, once they can grasp that part of it and they're sort of centered, right? They should be able to be a leader who is stoic, not in the sense of the, the just me and you staring here, but again, the sense of even in the worst days, like they they feel strong, they feel steady, they feel happy, they have a positive energy. What do you think are the key steps then for locking one's inner leader, and how, and and then how should they be influencing others? Um, I'll start with the key steps. I wrote the book in three stages. So stage one is knowledge. That's where we have to like debunk all the stuff going on. So that's yep. just learning. Stage two is the shift. All the little things you can do in your life to shift through the different incremental mind shifts, mindsets that you have to consider, you have to ponder and, and think of it like there's about 52 chapters, 52 weeks of the year. And most of them are only about two pages long. So you read it once or twice. You think about it. You come back to it. It should sit by your bedside table. So the second phase is know-how. And the third phase is knowing. You, you have to kind of reach the stage of knowing so that you are in that constant flow state, that state of being where you are okay no matter what is going on you know mm -hmm. you know what you need to do you have this top-down view where you comprehend a situation rather than getting sucked into all the trap doors and and, and all the rabbit holes and all that because you've you've re-landscaped your mental emotional landscape by doing the first two parts of the book. There's the emergence of what, what we call, what the ancient Greeks called the daemon. And that is the part of us that connects to the group mind, mm. social constructs. So the daemon then is there to filter, know what to connect to, what not to connect to from a higher state of consciousness. Um, it, it, it's, it sort of becomes your internal best friend, your internal advisor. And it's a state of intuitive knowing. And it's kind of like a little voice that whispers in the back the truth of what's happening in a situation or what you need to know, where you need to go. And that's awesome. And I have to say, even a lot of my clients that's, that are coming at me in my private practice, in my coaching leadership coaching practice, their um, CEOs, social entrepreneurs and all of that. So they have that preponderance. They have that desire to, to get to that state. And when they do, there's a lot of really cool, weird things that happen like ESP. 
they're, you know, they will dream a meeting before it happens because they're that connected in their state of consciousness. It's kind of fun. Yeah, I bet it is. I bet it is. So you mentioned some of the clients. I would love to hear if maybe you could tell us without naming names, or if you'd like to, it's up to you, uh, some success stories and individuals who had followed your guidance to transform their lives. Maybe maybe if you could point out like somebody who seemed maybe that the depths of hell right on earth, like I would love <laughs> to hear like the best negative to positive story. Um, okay. So one easy one, a client, um, uh, international startup got met here in Boston. You know, I'm with the Harvard MIT nerds a lot of times and they're over there, uh, in Cambridge and he is just angry, angry all the time. Just can't figure out why he's so darn angry mm -hmm. and frustrated. Now, obviously he's been building a startup for 10 years. Okay. And he's, they're getting, they're, they're moving into IPO stage. So this is awesome. Right. But there are so many hiccups and due diligence and all this stuff that has to happen. And he comes to me and he's he's willing to unveil that he just feels like the world's out to get him. Mm. But he's in war consciousness, right? He's been struggling. He's been, you know, in the like, so, you know, I know some leaders from like West Point and stuff and, and, and the Marines are all like, embrace the suck. You yes. know? And there, there's a point to that. But then like, then we move on. Yeah, don't just dwell on it, I think. Okay. Don't live there. Yeah. There are moments in life you just have to embrace the suck and kind of laugh. I mean, and yeah, he, like cynically. Yeah, like you're okay. Uh-huh. This yeah, you're, you know, your quads are on fire, but you're okay. And so, but he was there. He was there. And so all of his mental and emotional narratives had been configured around war consciousness and how the world's out to get him. So it affected everything, his marriage, his job. Um, people were like, gosh, he's like scary to work with. You know, like, and so we went through a process of examining his narratives, shifting the narratives, uh, incrementally getting into a growth mindset, uh, getting him into a love consciousness and what happened was everything shifted in his life. Like the whole world started to respond to him differently. He started to have an awesome relationship with his son, which was up until then difficult. His marriage improved like in leaps by leaps and bounds. Um, his relationships at work start, he started to really thrive because he, he could differentiate between who actually wanted to was out to get him mm -hmm. and who was on his side like he could connect at a new deeper level and have this understanding and a, a new kind of closeness and collaboration and cooperation mm -hmm. that he wasn't able to participate in before that and of course then things just started to roll out smoothly for his career the money started pouring in because he could move. He can make those big moves, whether it's IPO or starting. He went to start and work in another company. All of this stuff is happening. 
And so it's just like it really, when you understand that this state of connectivity and love consciousness, as I call it, is the actual state of how things work in complement to one another in life, you can move forward much easier. And you you can just, you know, we're talking about happiness, which is mm-hmm. like the benefit that's kind of like the low-hanging fruit of the yeah. journey. But you can also like go far and do amazing things. So that's a that's like a one example. Beautiful example. I love that. I love that so much. This podcast, obviously, as you know, Dr. Terry, is uh, about it's ga- it's aimed at business professionals, which is exactly who, you know who you're speaking to a lot, uh, CEOs, right? Uh, per your bio and everything. So I would love if we could speak a little bit more to that audience directly uh, with the following question. That is, how can businesses and organizations apply the principles of love consciousness for positive impact? Well, you know how most executives live from fear. Yep. And they they play the game not to lose, right? That's the point. Let's Let's not jeopardize something we have. Let's not lose, which is why... Um, moving forward towards new um, new industries is so difficult. Why innovation is so difficult. Um, fundamentally, you cannot, as a human being, as a leader, solve a problem at the level of consciousness that it was created. In order to solve the problem, you must elevate your consciousness to have like bigger picture, right? And then solve the problem that you're trying to solve, whether it's creating a product or a service or just creating relationships, you need to elevate your consciousness. Um, So when an organization starts to lean into this love consciousness and this connectivity, this cooperating mindset, uh, amazing things happen because you're actually going to plug into a form of synchronicity Mm -hmm. or what a lot, we call it synergy in business a lot as well. It's where the outcome is greater than the sum of the parts because something else is happening. Something at a deeper level is happening. Um, Right now, there are whole industries that are screaming to be born. It's just that we don't have enough leaders with a sufficiently elevated consciousness to lead those industries. And we're very stuck in certain industries because of this. Which industries do you think are most or are the worst off? I mean, okay, how about this? I'll ask you in this way. So mostly our, the industry that this podcast mostly targets is the architecture, engineering, and construction industry. So a lot of men, a lot of engineers, a lot of type A's, a lot of, you know, linear thinkers. Mm-hmm. How do you think we play into that? Because it seems like maybe the, 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 this is the target audience, like if there is one, because of those things I just explained and that I, if you're if tunnel vision, I'm, I'm trying, what I just described is tunnel vision. Yeah, go ahead. Right, right. Because so again, in the book, you shift the, the flipping of the switch in the book is shifting from what I call left brain lockdown it's a way of thinking that is fundamental to war consciousness which is this uh this like an, a lot like an engineer um is where your thought patterns look like a, that um binary decision tree and 
when you shift, you get to have constellation thinking where you have many points of data that are up open in space, all interconnected. So it's more of a web thinking and vision. So that higher vision allows you to solve problems at a higher level. And I mean, if I were to throw something out there it would be like the difference between uh, the way we built houses in the forties and building a modern passive home today. Mm, I like that. I like that. Good analogy. Beautiful. Dr. Terry, you have been a, such a wonderful guest. I have two questions. There's a run up on the half hour here. I have two questions for every guest. And I'm going to, the first one is knowing what you know now, and if you could go back in time when you first started your business slash wrote your first book, what is one piece of advice you give your former self? Patience. You'll get there. I love that. Trust the plan. Patience. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dr. Terry, if people want to find, follow you, get in touch with you, pick up the book, where can they do all those things? They can find Flip Your Switch, A User's Guide to a Whole New Mind by Dr. Terry Badar on Amazon. That's where it is now. Um, institutions can find it through Ingram Spark. And like companies, if they want to buy a large amount and have mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. something, I do that too. Okay. Um, if you want to find me for my coaching it's white lily coaching.com white lily like the flower you can look at what we're trying to build out with loveconscioushuman.com that's still kind of new there will be a love conscious human podcast and a whole bunch of other information coming out in the next couple of years patience and then um you can find me on instagram dr terry badar one on Instagram and then LinkedIn, Dr. Terry Badar. And that's Badar B-A-Y-D-A-R. Yep. Perfect. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Dr. Terry. I do hope people will pick up the book. Uh, I'm certainly gonna look into it myself. Is there an audio version on Audible or on not yet? It, not yet. Yeah, a program to be made in the spring. Okay. Then I will put it on my radar for the spring. Um, that's one of my favorite parts about doing this show is like your PR team got in touch with us. It, you look like a very interesting uh, um, guest. And and therefore, sometimes I get these authors and I'm like, I'm going to pick up the book because I'm just totally sold. So I hope everybody else will consider it too. Again, if you're audio like me, maybe you wait till spring. But if, you're, if you don't have ADHD like me and you can sit down and read the book, highly encourage that. Dr. Terry, thank you so much again for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you. you.